what was the what was the club back then? There were a whole bunch. Which ones were your favorite though? Alaskan Jet Set, Dog Out, um, um, Imperial, Imperial, Trevino's for oh, sure. Yeah. That was kind of like the nice, swanky, affordable yeah. place. The little and then um, we'd started out with dinner with the parents at uh, La Cucaracha, of course. Okay, yeah, yeah that was classic. Yeah. Fogata was a big one, I think. Fogata too. was so I did prom at Fogata. Oh yes, as yeah, many yeah. people did, yeah. right? That was yeah. the fancy place that you yeah. go and you spend twenty bucks and uh, it was awesome every single time mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, did you ever go to La Mansion? La Mansion for sure. Yeah, that was yeah. a good one. That was a good one. So I uh, mean, I never, I, I don't remember ever being in some place with as white a walls. Uh, as La Mansion. That's what I remember and you too. Felt, you felt like you were royalty. Right? Yeah. That's a sense of customer service, yeah. I think, no. that I have not experienced in this area. Another Fog- Fogata an- comes close. Another level. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was like six people would come in and they would, everybody would deliver all the food like all at one time. Right. Um, the service was top notch for sure. Yeah, that's definitely a place. That it I is miss. a loss that we don't have that, and the fact that uh, that my kids growing up in the same place haven't had that same experience that I got to have as a kid mm-hmm. kills me. But it's a different time. It is much different time. You know, I sometimes I wish that somebody would make a movie about so that era. So funny, funny story. Uh, you say a movie, this is a book, but there was a, a, a friend that we had, um, you're younger, you're quite a bit younger than I am, but there was a, a guy named Ricky Rue, mm. uh, that I grew up with whose family owned some of the places across the border that all of us visited as kids and students. And then as young adults and, I mean, he just, he was great at promoting and running the clubs, but he wrote a book. I heard about this book. He actually has a book out that he's promoting, and I haven't read it yet, but I have it on order. And I think it's dynamite because from what I've heard from those that already have read it and have reported on it, it's kind of like a, you know, a history of everything that we went through as kids going on back and forth across the border and the experiences that we had um, in Reynosa and how his life has transformed and changed and he's kind of grown out of that time period and mm-hmm. and um, now has a completely different outlook. And um, it, it's, I'm looking forward to reading it. I think it's a period piece where, you know, it's a place in time, but then an evolution where we can uh, appreciate the transformation that goes on for all of us from what we were into, you know, productive members of society and growing out of it and all the positive experiences that we got from those times and how they can benefit us as, as young and not so young adults uh, and then raising our own kids. Right. Yeah. How, how much different have you changed as an individual since like those, those Mexico days, you know, so 
So I feel like I'm the same person, actually, right? Deep I mean, down I was, inside. Deep down, I, I am the same person. And I think I've, you know, it's one of my traits. I'm very consistent. And I've always been about the friends I've had surrounding me and the support structure that uh, not only I started out with, but that I've created and been able to grow into and uh, build upon uh, I, I'm not sure how it's happened, but every place I've been, I've lived in a lot of different places. Everywhere I've been, I've been able to have, I feel like the greatest friends. And I don't know how that happens. Mm. You fall into it a little bit, but I think there's always, right, you slough off those that aren't true fa- friends and you build closer ties with the people that prove themselves to be true friends and you give and take, right? And you have mm-hmm. to be there for your friends as much as they're there for you. Right. And it's got to it's gotta be a synergy that works for everybody where you can get together with people um, in, every single day and always have something new to talk about. Mm-hmm. And in good times and bad times, be there to support each other and to lift each other up and make each each other's lives better not just in productive you know work environments right. transactional but, type of right, situations but it, it just pure social regular living right. just quality of life uh trials tribulations of normal life activities that we all go through because most of us are living very similar lives, right? Well, I would say so, especially in the Valley. Yeah. Well, you know, it's the same all over, right? Mm-hmm. Your differences might be, um, might be pushing boundaries. If you're in a big city versus a small town, cosmopolitan versus uh, rural. Uh, but ultimately we are living very similar lives. And what it boils down to is the connections that we make and the relationships that we form. And how do we support each other? Mm -hmm. Because so much in life is really just about those relationships. You might have great success in business or failures because you try over and over again. And, you know, to the best of your ability, you give it a go and it just doesn't work out. But Ultimately, the friends that are there and the family that you have behind you to support you, um, that give and take is, uh, I think, just ultimately where it's at. And uh, that is where the real value in life is. Do you think that's where happiness lies? I do think it's where happiness lies. And, you know, and and I go back to the, the family that I had that just supported me and i'm so thankful for all of that my parents were great role models Uh, my sister was a great influence in my life um those were great that was a great and and my friends growing up were just Mm -hmm. dynamite and i could depend on them and i wanted to have all those you know whatever experiences i had as a as a kid before i went off to college uh, and then into the professional life because those were always going to be my true friends but one of the one of the things that I think I've just really been, you know, fallen into luck or otherwise, uh, is falling into a, a group of friends in whatever situation I've been in, in whichever mm. city or state that I've lived in. Somehow I've I've fallen into a, just a great group of people that have 
supported me and that I've been able to support. And then uh, the family life that I've been able to have, both when I was growing up, my parents were just dynamite and they were always community involved. And uh, they loved my sister and me both and uh, gave us the freedom to express ourselves and to have new experiences, uh, which was dynamite because you always saw some people where they didn't necessarily have um, the home life where they had the opportunity to experience new things and mm-hmm. had expectations put on them. Um, but but our our in in my family we we had the opportunity to try new things and to succeed and fail and it was always going to be based essentially on our ability to push forward mm-hmm. and um, to make our own path and to be given the free reign to. Uh, expand our wings and real have success. And if we had setbacks, well, you learn from that. Right. And how, how wonderful is that? And then, you know, I, I, I was lucky enough to, to marry a woman that uh, was a strong woman uh, who had all her own stuff going on and we'd support each other. And she had great success in, in her professional life. And then, you know, and she sacrificed some because we were raised, then raising a family. She stepped away from a career path that, you what, know. And what did she do? So she was, um, so, I, uh, so I went to Texas for law school. Nice. Um, she graduated from UT undergrad. And um, I had an opportunity after graduating law school to go out west and take a job with a big firm. And so... Uh, she w- already had a dynamite job at a big advertising agency in Dallas and went to Arizona. And uh, I took a... And a, you all were together at this point? We were. We were. And then we got married shortly thereafter while we were out in Arizona. But uh, I was working at a big firm and she was working as a marketing executive for a healthcare company. And mm. uh, But she, I, I, I would, you know, we would support each other there and she had a great time and a great job and uh, one of her um, responsibilities was helping set up for um, spring training with the Chicago Cubs, nice. which was one of the uh, um, ball clubs that her healthcare company was a sponsor of. So we got to go to Chicago Cubs spring training games all the time, and that was just wonderful. That's awesome. And then moved here to McAllen, which was a huge change. And she um, is she originally from here? She is from Tulsa. Okay. Um, great, fa- wonderful. F- have wonderful parents and a sister there in Tulsa and uh, my kids have first cousins in Tulsa now a great great family great relationships and y'all met in college we did we did we actually met quite a bit earlier but um, uh, we got serious in college and that's where you know we started really dating and um, the rest the rest of that part is history yes as they Uh, say we came back here and and I started working the reason we moved was to kind of develop a new set of company uh, uh, experiences and take advantage of opportunities that we thought were available in Texas. Um, my, my dad and his partners had an opportunity in uh, Austin, actually, that was going to just be a, another level and needed somebody that was going to drive that development. And then we'll see, just see what happens. Mm. And so we did that. We came here and she was, uh, she had already been in the healthcare sphere. And so, uh, she took a job at one of the hospitals in the marketing department and did wonderfully there and then became the marketing director at La Plaza Mall. Oh, really? Yeah. So, um, 
after my development in Austin happened, and that was a success when we kind of went to the next phase, she was actually the higher profile person as the marketing director at, at La Plaza Mall. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I got to meet so many people actually through her uh, involvement in the city. And I, I can still remember uh, the switch over from 1999. This is going back a ways, right? We're, we're talking history here. But this is a 20 Yeah, this is old. This is old. This, is, years this ago. is old history, but it was neat. It was like, right, the world's going to come to an end in 1999 Y2K. on the switch over to the white, right, the Y2K. And so she was the marketing director at La Plaza Mall, and she would tell me, and yeah, I've got to get, I've got to get together with um, the police chief and dealing with the city and the hospitals because there was concern that the, all, that the electricity was going to go down and what are we going to do with all those in the hospital that are dependent on ventilators and other electricity supporting uh, equipment so they were you know they were off in a you know in a bunker uh, trying to make sure that the world doesn't collapse on the Y2K and I, you know I for that short period of time I got to take the back seat and she was the high profile person and uh, she's she's brilliant and does a great job and um, but then we had kids and she you know she took a, um, a step back mm-hmm. to raise our family and thank goodness that she did because we've got two wonderful kids um, and how old I, are they yeah so my daughter is a senior my son is a sophomore this is just senior at Mac High. this is a, such a weird time right running for running for mayor at the very same time with the very same deadlines, election day is May 1st. It's the same exact day, May 1st, that my daughter actually has to make a decision on where she's gonna spend the next four years in college. And uh, she's a great student and has had a great experience at Mackay and she has uh, a number of options, thankfully, and um, she's worked hard for those options. Uh, but they're out in California looking at schools. We've got stuff in Texas and Louisiana, and um, hopefully she's going to make the right decision. But we're just trying to support her. Uh, I'm just saying it's just kind of a weird time. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, those timelines converge, and um, so my wife is is there supporting my daughter as she's trying to make that decision, and I'm you know focusing on the the mayoral race and. Uh, missing out a little bit on on that experience, but um, both my wife and my daughter are great about um, sending the uh, links for uh, FaceTime and um, other webinars that we get from the various colleges, and it, it's just one of those things. It, yeah, it can't it can't be avoided. So they just try to incorporate you, involve you as much as they possibly yes, can under yeah. the circumstances. Yeah, and then maybe turn me off when I'm saying stuff that they don't want to hear. Right? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. dad, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, are you? Do, do you want her? You know, personally, would you want her to lean a specific way? Because it sounds like she's got so a lot of opportunities. My entire family went to UT. We're all Longhorns, and so there's a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. But really, we just want what's best for her. And there's actually a couple of universities that look like they might be fantastic landing spots that aren't um, UT-based. And I think that would be tremendous also. Mm-hmm. And, and really, she's got uh, she's earned the right to go wherever she wants to go. And, and hopefully, she'll make the right decision. Uh, but even if it isn't, whatever it is will be a great experience. And uh, I went off to school. Uh, I thought that was great. 
you got a whole different experience um and there's value in those new experiences mm-hmm. and uh for anyone that that you know is lucky enough to be able to take advantage of of that i would certainly encourage it yeah i mean to be able to have those uh, opportunities uh, there, there was something that I read or heard or something. I don't, I don't, honestly, I don't, to be honest, I don't read books. I just listen to them. Uh, so I always get these little tidbits of information, little slices of information. And uh, one of them was a, a lot of the success that happens in your life is really based off of more than anything else, good decision-making. Yes, there's luck that's involved in a lot of the quote-unquote success and success can be defined in multiple ways, but um is about those good decisions and there's always those pivotal pivotal moments in life where you got to make one of those decisions and you're just hoping that it's the good one yeah so you know i i i'm all in favor of taking risks so even if it's not the right decision the ability to take those risks and to put yourself in a position where you're not taking the safe path uh, I'm all in favor of it, even if it doesn't end up being the right decision when you're looking back on it and you're just like, why did I d- decide that? Um, I think there's value in, in the path that you take. Mm-hmm. And there's there's very few things that you can't come back from. Right. And the ability to take, you know, the path less traveled. They right? always say that. That yeah. is a big thing. And I'm fully in favor of that. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and, I, and I think it's great. And, you know, you, you mentioned the book that you read and, right, we all read books in our, in our formative years where you get that experience and that thought in your mind. And I, I have so many that, that, you know, made marks on me. And, um, but ultimately, you know, you try, to, you try to just make sure that if you have the ability, give your kids the opportunity to express themselves, have new experiences and, um, that's the way that they get the experience and the exposure and ultimately can benefit their growth, but benefit the world as well and benefit their society. Because if you don't understand kind of what's going on and have experiences where you get to see how other people are living mm-hmm. and what is going on in a community that is not your own and is not your own experience, but that you get for whatever period of time some exposure into. Yeah. How wonderful is that? Because all of a sudden, you know, you're you're now you're exposed to this brand new way of thinking or this brand new that way that you of otherwise wouldn't have had. Mm-hmm. And it allows you to expand your mind uh, to think about solutions that you otherwise wouldn't have had uh, for problems that you know you're facing your community's facing that your family's going through whatever it is mm-hmm. um, the ability to to open up and feel like you, you've got experiences that are beyond what you otherwise would have had just in front of you right i think is is just it's just dynamite. yeah i mean that's the, that's uh, an amazing takeaway because like you said it sounded like your parents were very supportive, even when you, you know, even when you didn't make the right decision or even when you tried something and failed. I think that, you know, those failures that happen in life, some of those things are 
might be direct. Some of those things are very indirect and beyond your control. A lot of things I think that happen in life are indirect and beyond your control that you would consider a yeah. failure. So a, a lot of it, you know, so I did very well in school. Mm -hmm. And so they knew that I was going to make my way kind of regardless. And so they gave me a wide berth and, and I'm very thankful for that wide berth. Mm -hmm. And uh, I try to have the same outlook with my kids because they're just, they're just wonderful kids. And, mm -hmm. And they've proven themselves and they're working incredibly hard and doing, you know, really well in school. And, and so, um, I feel like, you know, they've earned the right the same way I earned the right to set a path. And if I wanted to do something that was a little unconventional and not just go to, you know, the local expected, uh, university, then, then great. So be it. Yeah. So be it. Um, but ultimately, right, you, you've got to work hard and you have to buckle down and you've got to prove up that you understand what is important and what is extraneous. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think that like my parents did, my wife and I have expressed to our kids that there is, uh, the requirement to do as well as you can. And then ultimately you're going to pursue a path. And you have to then give back mm -hmm. um, because you got you got to you got to understand that what you're getting in what you're getting out of the society, mm -hmm. you've got to you got to figure out how to then take those lessons, mm -hmm. take that approach, and be in a position then to give back to it. Right. Um, we've we've been here. My my family's been here in town for. For 90 plus years, uh, it has always been the case that the expectation is that we were going to do not just our part, but we're going to pick other people's people's parts up and mm -hmm. we're going to give as much as we can to our community. And you're going to be as involved as you absolutely can. Um, we've been lucky to be where we are and um, we're going to make hopefully wherever we land mm -hmm. a better place than we found it. And we try to communicate that, the volunteering, um, the stress on improving other people's lives, um, focusing on your own for mm -hmm. sure, make sure you have what you need, but then we ought to be able to, to, to make other people's lives better at the same time that we're making our own path. Right. And we try to communicate that out and, and, I, and I feel like we probably have. Yeah, you know, I think that when you get to a place where you're fortunate enough to be able to give back, you absolutely should in some way, shape or form, right? Whether it's financially, some people can do it financially, some people can give of their time, which bo in both instances are very noble causes. Um, and yeah, I think we, we you know, you do as, as a member of the community and with all of the businesses that, that you that you and your family have and have had and all of those things, I mean, um, you're definitely a, uh, a big, big part of, of McAllen. And so you said that your family's been here for 90. So one of the, one of the great things, let me just say, let me interrupt a little bit. One of the great things about uh, running for office here, which I had never had an inclination to do yeah. uh, prior to this time. And I jumped in just because I thought it was a, is, it was a, it, it was an important time and I had something to offer and I felt like I was in the best position to push the city forward 
um, might be selfish on my part, but I, I just feel like You've I have something to give guy. back. I understand, but but I wanted to. I, I'm not getting anything out of this race, so I appreciate you saying that. But um, I feel like I can help the city push forward. Mm-hmm. But one of the great great things, because it's incredibly difficult running for office, I can't and even it's imagine. taking away from so many other obligations that we you know that I've got going. Uh, but one of the great great things is. Uh, having the number of employees that come back because we've, we've had, I mean, thousands and thousands of employees and we've had up to five or 600 at a time. Um, but that those people come back out and say, Oh my God, I'm so happy that you're running and what can it, what can I do to help make it happen? And, you know, it's both current employees and past employees. And then even beyond that, I mean, the, the number of people that worked for my parents, uh, we had a, a store downtown, Mike's Man Shop. Uh, that was your, that 214, was 214 South Main. The number is ingrained in my head uh, because I, I listed it all the time. And every time I'd you know, go to work, or 214 South Main, that's where I was always going. Uh, weekends and, you know, some summers and um but these were right. We, I was this little nothing kid trying to just help mom and dad. And we had these empl- great, great long-term employees that were, you know, working incredibly hard. And I would come in and, and, and just be around. And I'm sure I was a pain and, you know, but uh, they would be supportive and they would show me kind of how to, how to talk to a customer and how to ring up a sale and, uh, how to work the register, which uh, is easy enough in wait, doll- I- and easy enough in dollars, not so easy in pesos. Oh, wait, so, how old were you? Yeah, so I think I started really um, around twelve or fourteen, somewhere along that time, and my Spanish was okay, más o menos. Yeah, but it got really good really fast. Uh huh. And um, but still making change in, in, in pesos is different than making change in dollars. Um, but the ability to connect and this was the time because this was, you know, back in the in the 80s, mid to early 80s, uh, early to mid 80s. I'm sorry. And um, when downtown was just kind of the dominant force mm-hmm. in McAllen mm-hmm. and, you know, we had we had a fairly prominent uh, spot in the second um, block from Business 83 on Main Street. And uh, it was just a wonderful time. And, you know, and it was, it was just, it would just be neat, right? You'd start early in the morning and then uh, lunchtime would come and I'd get to meet um, my dad and Alter Holland and uh, Jan Klink and the other, you know, business, uh, business owners that, and Masso's that, that were always, you know, fixtures in downtown. We mm-hmm. go to uh, either there was the kind of the original Coco's that was down there, and mm-hmm. uh, we'd take a break for lunch and just a wonderful time. And I would just sit back and just kind of listen to the stories, and it it was just a neat time. And there was so much business that was going on, mm-hmm. and then you know at the end of the day, we'd you know we'd see what the register would say and. Uh, you, you kind of recap and you know get together with the employees before everybody would would then go home. Um, but it was just it was just an, a neat time, and it was just because I would come in and out, right? All mm-hmm. these all these employees, 
my dad and all these employees were there day in, day out. I was coming in and out and just kind of, you know, an interloper, but um, trying to do my part. Mm -hmm. And uh, but it was it was a uh, an entry into kind of small business and how the economy worked and so different than I'm sure than anything else around the country that was going on because this was, you know, we're on the border and you got, you know, the Mexican nationals that are coming across and just spending enormous amounts of money in our community, thankfully, mm-hmm. and then having the locals that would come in. And right now it's a very different business model between the local business community and the Mexican nationals that were coming in. Um, and it was just neat to see. And I'm sure it was just such a different experience than anyone else around the country mm-hmm. got to have. And uh, again, I, I, I was just a very tiny, tiny part of this because most of the time I was just focused on a school and sports and, you know, being a regular kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that experience, that experience I think was formative and uh, I got so much out of it. And, and thankfully I did because, you know, I, I didn't know that I would be moving back to McAllen and, mm-hmm. and being, you know, integral into integrated into the community and involved in so many different organizations. And, uh, but I had that to fall back on and I could always, I could always connect. I feel like with people because I had those experiences and the ability, uh, not just experiences, but the ability to communicate just from, you know, a, 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 a language level. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, think it's, I think it's wonderful. Yeah, I mean, McAllen is definitely very much in its own space. And you really don't know all of the things that you've talked about so far, like the family, the support, the, if, if, if McAllen is anything, it's really all about the people. And all of the the people who have had the vision to be able to drive a lot of these things forward take those risks and do things that were non-conventional to be able to drive the city forward to where it is because when you look at mccallan as a whole in the geographic space i mean yeah we're in a border town but we're not right at the border you know there's no there's no uh, port. There's no, you know, it's it's just any. There's other. no port, but, and, and we're so far geographically from, you know, Austin, where the government is located, mm-hmm. and Houston, Dallas, where, you know, the majority of business happens in the state. But mm-hmm. uh, we are, we, we're a land port. I mean, mm-hmm. We're one of the largest land ports, you know, in, in the country. And thank mm-hmm. goodness that we've got uh, MEDC and the free trade zone because mm-hmm. it has transformed our local economy mm-hmm. and i think that sometimes gets lost that we are you know along with laredo which is just i mean kicking it you know, booming 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 and the infrastructure that they have in place is just so impressive mm-hmm. and this is an aside um but we need to continue communicating with our state and federal reps to make sure that we're getting access to enough transportation dollars to keep improving our infrastructure because Mm -hmm. i mean you you know laredo is the is the single largest land port in the u.s is it really and i didn't know we're we're a fair amount behind laredo we need to make sure that we're getting enough transportation dollars to increase our infrastructure um because there we shouldn't be that far behind Mm -hmm. uh, and we are but we have enormous opportunities 
increase that business, to increase the bridge revenues, to increase the number of people coming across in our border, our border bridges, mm-hmm. uh, to improve, uh, the, just uh, to increase the number, the amount of business that is 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 transacted here locally. Um, but it, it is a model. We need to make sure that we're getting we're getting our dollars. That that was just an aside. Yeah, um, but it, it's a yeah. We're we're just a huge land port, and it, it just kind of gets lost in the shuffle sometimes, because you know we're we're three hundred miles from Austin, where decisions are made on, you know, at at the at the state uh, capital regarding who's getting what transportation dollars, mm-hmm. uh, and certainly from Washington D.C., which is you know assigns the federal dollars for the you know, the federal ports of entry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we need to be on tables yelling and screaming and saying, we need, a, we need our dollars. We're, you know, we're driving the business that is, that is, that is so important for the entire country because that is the reason those interstates are growing. As big it's, as they are. Yeah, because we have so much coming across our borders that are then going uh, to all parts of our nation and all the way north to Canada. Mm-hmm. Well, it starts here on our border, and we're the ones having to deal with uh, the difficulties. You need to be funding us, mm-hmm. and so often we're not getting the dollars that uh, fair that share our fair share. Thank you. That's exactly right. Yeah, I you yeah. know I agree with that, and I mean there's so many different facets to McAllen that kind of drive the economy. Definitely. You know, our friends across the border in Mexico are huge, huge part of it. But I mean, what are some of the things that you feel are like we're not really quite hitting other than transportation? Yeah. So um, there's been a transition that's gone on uh, over the last few years where uh, international travel, international trade has moved a little bit kind of to, you know, the Asian countries where mm-hmm. they've taken a, a, such a hold on on the manufacturing side. And I think that is really where our opportunity lies. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about it, we are now in the prime position to take advantage most of anyone almost in the world. Mm -hmm. And I'm just so excited about that opportunity because I feel like if you put me into office, uh, just get me in front of a company. I don't care where it is. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to talk about why they need to be here Mm -hmm. because with the new USMCA that's replacing, we're getting a little technical here, but go for it. Okay. So with the new USMCA trade treaty between the US, Canada, and oh, Mexico right. yeah. that's re- that replaced NAFTA, NAFTA, and the new requirements that um, involve increased requirements for manufacturing components in the US as opposed to elsewhere. And then on top of that, somewhat because of the pandemic, but otherwise just because of what's happened with storms and otherwise the just-in-time manufacturing processes uh it used to be that it didn't matter Mm -hmm. if stuff was coming from china and you know it was an extra week or two to cross the ocean in order to get here but the just-in-time manufacturing process with the uh, pandemic uh, difficulties has lengthened that time period and it's really affecting 
businesses. Mm -hmm. And uh, it should be because of the manufacturing process, in addition to the new USMCA, every single company in the world should be locating right in the valley. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can service the entire central part of the United States, but we're also on the border and such easy access to the manufacturing that's already in place in Reynosa and the logistics are such that we ought to be able to have those companies locate here because they can service not just the U.S., but then into Central and South America. Uh, I know I sound like a homer on, on this about <laughs> well, it. Well, you kind of should be if you're but, running for mayor. I, I, mean. I think that we are just absolutely in the prime position where every company should want to be here. And I, I just feel like just get me in front of those companies and let me talk through it. And let me talk through about how we've got this young, dynamic, bilingual workforce mm -hmm. uh, that is just capable of transforming any company's business because they're going to be so much more qualified. And thank goodness that, you know, over the last 10 years, uh, our, our local school districts and STC and UTRGV have started to really cater programs to train uh, our young workforce to be work ready for mm -hmm. these new companies that are located wherever they are that could come here and the manufacturing process can, can be handled here locally. And uh, we just have, I think, because also Texas is just a low cost state, mm -hmm. all of those factors mean that we should be bringing those companies in. Mm -hmm. And we should be bringing in the capital investment. We should be bringing in the new level of jobs, uh, setting career paths for all our young people here, um, for uh, older citizens that are, are, are transitioning from, you know, jobs that no longer exist into mm -hmm. jobs that, you know, are new to everybody. But mm -hmm. um, both those that are on a shorter uh, career path and those that are just starting careers that can then move up uh, within a company structure, we should be the location of choice. And we're not, ex you know, we're just, we're just, there, there's something where we haven't yet gotten to where we're converting the opportunity into actual uh, relocations. Mm -hmm. And we need to make sure that's happened. And, and I just am so excited and looking forward to working with the chamber and working with MEDC and working with our partners in Reynosa mm -hmm. and um, uh, with our neighbors in Mission and and uh, Edinburgh and FAR and those representatives and um, making sure and yelling and screaming that we have access to state enterprise funds that can commit uh, incentive dollars to bring in companies to locate here because we should be getting those state enterprise incentive dollars just like Dallas and uh, Houston and Austin and San Antonio do. We should be getting just as many dollars here. Mm -hmm. And I'm just so excited about that potential opportunity and to increase the quality of life that uh, new career paths, new jobs, um, new companies and capital investment can drive into our local economy. And, and Because it and, trickles down, right? Yeah, I mean, oh my God, the, um, the difference that you can make in people's lives 
uh, not just for, you know, the employee that might set a new career path, Mm -hmm. but for their younger brother or sister that all of a sudden realize that more is possible. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and sometimes we all know here we've got multi-generational households where uh, the young people are there to help support uh, the generation above them and the second generation above them um, that helped raise them. But now there's obligations at home. Um, But to be able to put that in place where all of a sudden you've got this new level of hope because we have all this new economic activity, Mm -hmm. which we didn't have before, that's what drives me. And that's what I'm excited about. And I, I just feel, yeah, I'm a, I'm a real estate developer as, as my trade. I'm a, I'm a lawyer, but uh, I don't practice. Uh, I'm a real estate developer. I'm already out there recruiting companies to come down because I'm doing that for my own businesses. But uh, th- that's neither here nor there. I'm just mm-hmm. saying I have those relationships where if I then have the ability as the mayor to get in front of those mm-hmm. uh, influencers mm-hmm. um, and those stakeholders mm-hmm. and the ability to then access state funds and to communicate with our county judge and to communicate with our, you know, the EDCs in Reynosa or in um, Mission or Edinburgh mm-hmm. and FAR and to, to, you know, operate collaboratively in a regional uh, context. I, I just think we could do a, amazing things here locally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, and it's not just, you know, I've said this over and over again, it's not just business for business sake, it's business there to improve people's lives mm-hmm. and to, uh, you know, in, in, to build in new opportunities. And then that just, that, that just spreads out among the entire community. It's to the nonprofits and, uh, to those that are supporting affordable housing mm-hmm. and Boys and Girls Club and, um, you know, every other organization that just needs to be supported from a charitable perspective. There's mm-hmm. so much that we can access that um, we're not accessing. We're not currently accessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I 100% agree with that. I think that there's a lot of opportunity and there's a lot of potential in what could be right so if you had the magic wand because i know i mean we just talked about it earlier before we kind of started this thing was yeah i'm sorry i took over a little no hey the last time that you were in this building it was because you know we're trying to pass a bond for better schools because is mccallan kind of being the hub of a lot of the things that are happening you don't want that those you don't want to become McAllen ISD does not want to become an inner city school, uh, so to speak, and and that's kind of a I don't I don't mean to say it like it's like a negative connotation, but that's kind of what's familiar when you when you talk about inner city and that kind of thing. So, but but there's been other initiatives too, right? Like uh, uh, I I think there was an initiative too about like having a really nice um, uh, tennis court kind of arena to be able to to play you know sports and quality of life and all yeah that so the, the 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 issue really that you're alluding to right i mean there was a, there was a school bond and and perhaps it wasn't ran, run exactly the right way and maybe mm. they overreached a little bit mm. uh, or a lot 
Um, but the school district does need capital investment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to work through those things. Mm-hmm. The school board has its own, the, the school district, I'm sorry, has its own board. They're going to decide on those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are focused um, levels of capital investment that can be made and should be made. Our, our students deserve as, as good a facility as the others uh, throughout the state, mm-hmm. and we need to support our school district, and we need to make sure that uh, there's a collaborative environment between our our city and our school. And I've said before, I think currently um, there's a joint meeting between the city and the school every three or four months. That that's unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, if, you think it's if, if I'm if I'm elected, there will be uh, some sort of city representative, whether it's an employee or an elected official at every single school board meeting so mm-hmm. that the city knows what the school district is doing as they're doing it. Mm-hmm. The school board knows what the city is doing as they're doing it. Um, the issues are so integral between them, mm-hmm. right? When we're trying to recruit companies and people to town, almost the first question asked in every interview is, well, what is the school district like? Right. And we need to make sure that our school district is a district of choice uh, for every company that is coming to town that we're trying to recruit. Uh, we're lucky to have um, Dr. Gonzalez, who's you know had enormous success and was a superintendent of the year. Uh, the school board is doing is doing a, a really wonderful job, uh, but we do need to prove up. Um, additional capabilities and improvements in the in the capital environment where uh, we can make it where our students can continue to succeed and compete on a state level. Um, but it, it, it's important that we're, we build those collaborations mm-hmm. uh, and make sure that we are the location that everyone wants to be at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And first choice. First choice. In every regard, mm-hmm. and we need to recruit companies that are going to be um, those that aren't companies of the past, but companies of the present and the future that are kind of on the cutting edge and that are going to be growing. And uh, you know, I said time and time again, we we need to find we need to find the Tesla and the next Tesla. Mm-hmm. We need we need to understand why is it that. We shouldn't be, we should be the location to be able to bring those, those companies down. Mm-hmm. Uh, school districts do a great job. There's so much uh, challenge, though, um, because we can't just be pie in the sky. Mm-hmm. And part of what I also want to get back to and make sure that the city is supporting in whatever way we can mm-hmm. uh, is the vocational training because those are proven uh, jobs available as soon as students get out of school, Mm -hmm. whether it's electricians or plumbers or welders, there's so much opportunity there. Mm -hmm. And there has been, thankfully, uh, progress where MISD and and STC specifically, UTRGV a little bit, but the different school districts are focusing on those job-ready programs, and we need to support those. And mm-hmm. we need to make sure if there's some help that we as a city can provide to our our districts, 
educational districts, our educational partners, uh, for those job-ready programs, we should be providing those. And at the same time, the UTRGV with you know the medical school and the uh, research capabilities that they're bringing in, I, I mean, it, it's just enormous opportunities. And the city is in a unique environment to help promote. Right. Yeah. So it sounds like you've got a laundry list of things that like, You've got like a scroll. I do. That's <laughs> right. Like all of this. That's right. I know it's I like, overwhelmed you a little room. bit. I didn't mean to. No, I hey, that's I really cool. didn't mean to. No, no, no. I mean, but that's great that that you've got a lot of this foresight. And because like you were talking about before, you've got, you're coming in from, from uh, different experiences where you went out, you ventured out, you saw other things, you experienced other things from a business perspective. You know, you're dealing with Fortune 500 companies, franchises. And all of these things, small business, even from Mike's man shop, which, by the way, is that named after you? So, um, unfortunately, my grandfather was Mike Fallick. Mm. He died the year before I was born. Mm. And that's the reason I was named after him. He, he died in 1970. Uh, I, I was born in 1971. Uh, yeah, so uh, it was a year before, right, right before, a year before, and... Um, that's where Mike's man shot came from. I, man, I, when I go home, actually not my, well, I, my house, I do have a Mike's man shop. Uh, what do you call those things that you put over the suits? The lo- yeah, the suit bag? The little suit bag. Uh-huh. I've got a Mike's man shop suit bag only because I took it from my dad uh, because I was going to like this like uh, a vintage party and my dad's got like the slickest suits. And all of those slick, vintage, awesome suits, he still has them in the Mike's Man Shop bag. Awesome. I mean, awesome. Like an entire row of them. Excellent. I like that. The next that. time I, I swing by my dad's place, perhaps, I'm gonna go. Perhaps that paid for part of my uh, tuition. <laughs> well, you're welcome. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's but that's awesome that you've got all of that history from the very small all the way up to all of the other things. I mean. I, I mean, for me, you know, I've known you for a few years, and I think that, in my humble opinion, you've always been the guy behind the guy. You've never really made a whole lot of, like, you've been a very hum- humble in a lot of the things that you all have been able to accomplish, um, you know, as a group and all of these things. So I think it's awesome. Like, when I heard that you were, were doing this, I thought, man, that's great because you, you, you're able to bring all those experiences and just to even hear how passionate you are and that you already have a vision and an idea of some of the things that you would like to be able to conquer first, you know, going through it all is really kind of awesome. So, but w- how did the conversation start? Like, how did you yeah, get into so, that? Because that's a big... It is, it is. And uh, I never, ever, ever had any inclination to be jumping into the political arena it's it's absolutely not something i was intending to do uh but I, you know, sometimes when something is important enough you jump right you and do you it. put whatever you have immediately in front of you on the back burner um because it's just important enough and so that's what that's what happened when mayor darling decided not to run uh, and I think he's really done a wonderful job mm-hmm. uh, as mayor. Um, 
And then you look back at the history of the leaders running the city. We've been so lucky to have quality leadership in in McAllen. Mm -hmm. And I was just concerned uh, about the period of time that we're in, Mm -hmm. coming out of the pandemic. And I just thought it, it was so important that somebody from the business community come out to... Uh, to run the city. Mm-hmm. And that is the reason, because otherwise I wouldn't have, mm-hmm. because um, this this really honestly is, is, is just difficult. Mm-hmm. But it's important enough that everything else is just going to have to wait a little bit while we get through this process. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure that what was here in town ready for me mm-hmm. and laid the path for my success that I can then help lay the foundation for to make sure that that same foundation is there for future generations. Mm-hmm. I think it is so important that we make sure that you know what was provided to us that we are at least leaving in the same or hopefully a much better environment for those that are following in our footsteps. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm jumping into the race. It's only that's why I jumped into the race. It's Mm -hmm. only because I felt it was so important. This was such a crucial time, such a a monumental time that Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't care that uh, I only wanted to handle my business interests and that I was focused on making sure my family was good, my employees were good, my family was in a great place. Uh, sometimes you just have to go beyond what you're comfortable with and put yourself in, an, in, in, a, in a situation where uh, it's not necessarily you have the right, you know, a, a dedicated path and a sure path to success, but you're putting yourself out there mm-hmm. because you think it's important enough to do so. And this is kind of the way I, I think that I've I've led my life, and mm-hmm. um, you know, going back where you and I first met in Leadership McAllen, that was, yeah. When I was, I think I was program chair. I wasn't yet chairman of the organization. I was program chair, uh, but I got so much out of that. I was in class twenty. My mom was in class one. Wow. Yeah. Um, with with other partner uh, business partners, but she was in class one, um, and my you know my dad was involved on setting up MEDC, kind of back way back then when that was being set up, and I've always felt that the leadership McAllen program, which I was so happy you went through, and we, yeah, you know, we got we got to program. be great friends through it, mm-hmm. but it is so important to set the next um, generation of leaders capable and interested enough to spend the time uh, to do what's right for our city, our community. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just it was just a wonderful organization. And, and actually, if you go and you look at any city board, any civic organization now, it is going to be stocked with leadership McAllen alumni. Mm-hmm. And I think that it is, is, I think it's a testament to what was set in place all those years ago at a difficult time, uh, you know, when they set up that program. Uh, and I was just so thankful when I was here as a, as a young professional before I really got involved in a lot of stuff and was able to go through the program in class 20 and then as chairman of class 30. 
Um, and there are, I think they're on 41 now. That's crazy. Yeah. And, um, I, I think it's just important to pass it forward. Yeah. And you have to. I, I, in whatever it is that I do, I am hopeful to leave something better than I found it. Mm-hmm. And I hope that I can always say that about whatever it is that I'm involved in. Well, if you, if you are doing this, doing all of the block walking, because I spoke to you a couple of weeks ago, you're doing all the block walking, you're walking 10 miles a day, you're doing a lot of stuff, and you're doing it at a point where your daughter is making decisions on her own. On the same day, you are definitely, um, you're doing things for the greater good, and, and you know, doing, being, uh, Going for mayor and and running for mayor is, I would imagine, kind of a little scary. Uh, you know, you don't you're putting yourself out there, and but they always say like you know, um, it's definitely a courageous thing to do because uh, courage is not uh, another another thing that I read one time was is courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is uh having the fear but continuing but going through with it and and because it's the right thing to do right and so i I mean that's uh that's definitely a a big well i appreciate i appreciate you saying but i I don't i don't need any of that right and is hey i'm not trying to blow smoke right i don't care anything about that i i just want what's best for our community and and hopefully with the level of support that i've been given and the buy-in that I feel like I can drive the different community um, activists and the different stakeholders in our community, uh, I think we can do great things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, so going back into like uh, your your family and kind of all of the things for the people that don't know. Uh, Mike's Man Shop, you all have MEDC, 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 all of these things that you all have been, have been um, like, where was your, where did your family, because it's been 90 years, so. Yeah, so they they came down here, my my grandparents came down here during the Great Depression because these were just where jobs were. Mm -hmm. And thankfully they kind of made their way entrepreneurial all along and I'm just, you know, continuing that that tradition, really. Um, but my grandfather and my grandmother were just, um, from what I hear about my grandfather, because I didn't know him, just a great person. And then my grandmother, thankfully, I got to, I got to spend quite a bit of my childhood with her, and she she was alive all through um, um, that period of time and through my education and. You know, every time I'd come home from school, that would be the first stop would be to, to go see Lily. Um, just a great resource. And then my mom and dad have just been in just wonderful role models. And I'm trying to do that for my kids as well. Um, but the point was to make our way and then to also build what we could al- along that path. And, and so we've continued to build new businesses. We invest, we reinvest here, uh, we headquarter here. Um, like I said, we've, we've had five, 600 employees at a time. Um, 
but everything is locally based mm -hmm. and we build all through the state, but it's still all being run out of McAllen and we try to promote from within, mm -hmm. uh, I think pretty much every general manager of each of our various businesses, um, at one point was, um, started at the bottom started as an hourly that made their way through the system um i'm thankful to have uh wonderful almost almost all actually strangely enough almost all female um managers and cfo um in in our organization and not, and that and that doesn't matter either right it's mm -hmm. always just on qualification uh, it shouldn't be gender-based. It shouldn't be uh, race-based. It, it's it's on qualifications, but we promote based on ability. Mm -hmm. And uh, how wonderful is it to be able to deal with the same people that you know? Really, I started with here in McAllen twenty plus years ago that are in our, our organization. I think the great majority of all of our managers have been with us for. Uh, 15 plus years and you know we get to see their their families and their success and um, it, it's really it's really gratifying mm -hmm. yeah I mean um, you you have to take care of the people that take care of you and thank goodness that they do because <laughs> yes. I couldn't tell you how to run a hotel or how to check in a guest um, I set the I set the overall vision and path, but mm -hmm. thank goodness we have qualified, wonderful people that care and that are supremely competent at their jobs, uh, making it easier on the rest of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, if you had a magic wand and you could do whatever you wanted, um, you become the mayor of McAllen. What do you do? What's McAllen look like? I, I get I get out there and hopefully I set a positive vision for those that are working hard every day here in our community, first off. Mm. Right? Police and fire, code enforcement, uh, water and sewer, uh, keep McAllen beautiful. Foundational uh, I institutions. I mean, the, day, the blocking and tackling of... Uh, city workings so that everybody knows that their lives are just going to work here in McAllen, mm -hmm. that the drainage is going to be, is going to be functional, that we're going to fix the mobility issues. We're, we're working on the synchronization of the traffic lights. Uh, we're connecting uh, stormwater systems into the county uh, and, and then into the state systems uh, to get the water out of our community with storm, when, you know, when storms inundate us with water, uh, that trash is picked up, that uh, brush is picked up. The actual workings are always going to continue and that the citizens don't have to worry about tax increases in order to pay for those. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, at the same time we're doing that, we need to be focusing on long-term vision and how it is that we can improve our society, our city, uh, for the long term. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not just McAllen. We're always going to look at McAllen first. Mm -hmm. But really, 
McAllen has to be the leader in our entire region. As McAllen goes, our region goes. Mm -hmm. And we're going to work collaboratively with our partners, but we're going to look out for McAllen first. And uh, there's just enormous possibilities at our disposal. Mm -hmm. And we're going to collaboratively improve our region so that everybody is benefiting. And we're going to solve those um, problem, those long-term problems, the economic issues, uh, little by little, and improve the quality of lives and the opportunities uh, of our people here. When, when one of the one of the questions that was asked recently on. Uh, one of the forums I was at, right, because it's just nonstop one forum after another, which which is great. You have to reach out mm-hmm. uh, to each of the individual constituencies that are out there. But I was asked, what is the legacy you want to leave? And the legacy that I want to leave is simply I want to make people's lives better. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, when I'm at, you know, if I'm elected and when I'm out of office, when people are thinking back, well, what did you think? And it's like, yeah, he, he left things much better for us than when he started. Mm-hmm. And my life is better for the opportunities that are uh, that are present because um, Michael was in office. Right, yeah. And it's I think when you look at any leader, specifically like presidential, it's the transformative leaders that really are the ones that are really identified as like, man, that guy really just like it'd be wonderful to have you uh, resources that a president has well we're not yes. gonna, we're not we don't have we're all those available to us you know we're gonna have to figure you know and focus on those issues that we can control mm-hmm. um but we will do that to the best of our ability let me ask you something that's kind of like off topic but it's always been kind of in the back of my mind personally is like you know you, if you take all of the population of pe- of people on this side of the border, South Padre Island, because RGV is from east to west anyway. South Padre Island, Rio Grande City. Is that kind of a fair, right? How many people are on this side? So, I mean, first off, what I'm going to tell you is... Do you know where I'm going with this? Don't even... Th- Limit it to that, right? Uh Because you have on the other side of the border so many more people. And the challenge that I've had and that I feel like I've been able to communicate in my private life on real estate development is incorporating, you know, the 700,000 people that are in Reynosa on the other side of the border. Uh When When I deal with demographics that you share with companies discussing whether to move into our region, into our region, uh, they only look at the actual U.S. MSAs. Right. And first, there's two components to that. First off, we haven't combined MSAs, which we have the ability to do and to really make a mark similar to how the MPOs thankfully finally gathered so that we could make a case to the state uh, transportation authorities uh, for more dollars coming into into uh, our region. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden we have such uh, greater access to state dollars for 
uh, infrastructure, and thank goodness the MPOs uh, finally combined, and kudos to the different stakeholders that did that, uh, McAllen Mission, Edinburgh Far, uh, Hidalgo, Cameron County, uh, kudos to them for finally passing that mark. Mm-hmm. We also need to do that in, in terms of forming MSAs mm-hmm. so that we can operate and sell ourselves to companies uh, and state and, and federal communities about uh, the number of people and the spending power that we have here locally to attract more business. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the second thing. And then the next level is somehow convincing, because I'm going to do this in, communi- in in conversations anyway, but mm-hmm. um, getting some kind of official count on the number of people, right? If you, t- if you take a circle and you just draw a circle around a point, and it, 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 it doesn't end at the border. Right. It keeps and going. Every company that's looking at our region to incorporate here and to set up new businesses, they do a semicircle <laughs> and they and they don't they don't take into account all this population that's on the south side of the border. And um, they'll tell you how they form, you know, this radius on how they're looking at what the population and the and the the spending possibility is um they 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 take a diameter and and i was like yeah but you're cutting it off i Mm -hmm. mean that's only a semicircle what are you talking about so you have all this spending power and that's not even saying anything about monterey which we know brings so much spending into our community but it's just too far away Mm -hmm. and so that's never going to come into our msa um but you ought to be able to at least incorporate the spending power and the population on Reynosa mm-hmm. to communicate that to um, potential companies, uh, to companies potentially looking at, at, at investing and locating here. Um, I'm going to continue to communicate that message, but the ability to somehow get that into official reporting mm-hmm. that can be blasted out um, nation or worldwide as to what our actual population and spending power is here locally, um, that's a challenge, mm-hmm. and uh, we will figure it out. Um, but even if we don't, I'm still going to be talking about it. <laughs> right. And if I'm in a position to get in front of those companies, mm-hmm. I will be harping on it, and I will make sure that they understand what the actual numbers are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we just, we just, you know, on top of that, because of the COVID challenge, the pandemic challenge, my God, we just need to get these bridges open. Yeah. And it, that's it a is, huge, it's a huge issue and it's mm-hmm. affecting our overall economy. And we're past the point where those bridges should have been open and we got to get them open. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, we have these wonderful infrastructure, this wonderful infrastructure to, enable our community to succeed, but we're, we're hamstrung because the federal government hasn't yet listened closely enough to our local community to say, yeah, 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 yeah you're right. We, we should reopen. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got to make that happen sooner rather than later. There's always been this sort of quality of life issue. And, and when you talk about businesses and business coming in, a lot of their major concerns are like, okay, well, we're going to bring all of these people from other areas. 
those people, whether they're in the workforce or they're the workforce spouses or whoever they are, they look at schools and they look at quality of life. So, like, what are your thoughts on what's um what's an improvement that yeah. we can make? So, uh, you know, you're talking about the whole package, really, is what you're talking about, mm-hmm. and I, I think that's that's the right question to be asking. And the majority of my conversations have been about setting a business environment that makes it where we've got a cost-controlled, low-tax environment, uh, but we're taking care at the same time. We're taking care of all of the standard um, quality of life issues. You know, you know, I've said before, time and time again, the streets and the police and fire and, and infrastructure, roads, infrastructure, all that, all that stuff, make sure that that works. And, and we've got a, uh, an environment that is pro business to allow for growth within our community, um, job opportunities, career paths. But we all know that the other social components are so important to make it worthwhile to live in a community. It's not just go to work, come home, go to work, come home. Mm-hmm. We have to make it where you really are proud of where you live and you enjoy living in your environment. And so much of that has been historically um, a, a productive conversation here in McAllen. Mm-hmm. We've taken perhaps a little bit of a step back as most communities have through the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And there are challenges here, just like there are challenges everywhere. But we need to make sure that, you know, that we've got the uh, environment, first off, uh, for the businesses to succeed so that we've got great restaurants that we love to go to. We've got the theaters. We've got the grocery stores. We... um, We've got the wonderful Performing Arts Center, which mm. I think has been an absolute home run for the city, and, and I applaud the city for building that facility. Um, but there are other opportunities that we have. You know, one thing that we have really lost out on that I think people have forgotten about mm. are the wonderful cultural events that we used to have in the Civic Center in McAllen. Yeah. I can recall and just loved at every single opportunity, the quarterly beef syndicates. Yeah. The Rotary um, Oktoberfest and crawfish boils yeah. that happened in our community I love each the year. Crawfish boil. The uh, Junior League Dias Festivos that mm-hmm. went on for a week every year mm-hmm. during the holiday season. And the other events that would happen in our, in our, in our civic center that mm-hmm. just brought the entire community together. I, I can recall those things and they brought the community together, mm-hmm. you know, north and south, east, west. You would see people at the beef syndicate that you would only see at those events, mm-hmm. but it would bring such connectivity mm-hmm. uh, throughout the entire community that you would feel like, man, I really, I really belong in this community. I Mm -hmm. see all these people that even though we have zero interaction Mm -hmm. on an occupational level, right. 
the fact that we can get together socially uh, at least once a quarter and at these other events, even more so uh, in this communal space, Mm -hmm. uh, I think it it was enormously important. And we lost that Mm. when um, we made the decision to uh, knock down our civic center, build the convention center. Um, Now, we all know that building that convention center activated that entire western part of the city. Mm -hmm. And there was a ton of capital investment and real estate development that happened out there. And it was good for the entire city. And it created additional uh, taxable value on our roles. And it uh, the convention center has been has been a source where we can bring in business from outside the community. Mm -hmm. But it has left a void in the community activity that we used to have that would bring us together. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I have been thinking about as I've been running for office here as mayor is number one, either tweak the real focus of the convention center so that there is more of a community focus Mm -hmm. and it may be incompatible. It just, it just may be incompatible because Mm -hmm. the, the the point of the convention center was to bring in outside dollars right and we need to be able to do that we need to be able to open that space and hold it so that we get conventions from elsewhere um but it it is an it is a a very expensive space Mm -hmm. and what has happened over the years is that it it priced out our local community Mm -hmm. and those events that used to happen that would bring our entire community together have disappeared. Mm -hmm. How wonderful would it be to bring back that quarterly beef syndicate, Mm -hmm. to have the Diaz Festivos marketplace happen every single holiday season, have Mm -hmm. the Rotary have their events here in our city each year. I do think there's an opportunity Mm -hmm. to look at a new a new civic center a pure civic center that is focused solely on our community that can just be a very simple space mm-hmm. we need to build of a size uh that can that can handle the amount of people that we would want to bring together mm-hmm. um but wouldn't be of such a price that would uh, make it difficult for our local charitable organizations to host events. Mm-hmm. Um, we could look at that mm-hmm. and how wonderful would it be to be able to bring back those community events, those organizations that made, that meant so much to all of us mm-hmm. uh, and replicate uh, those experiences that we used to have. Now, of course, it's got to fit into the budget. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, then we need to find grants or other sponsors that are going to pay for um, the new center. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it is one thing that I think that we ought to be looking at that nobody has really been talking about because it just just kind of lost top of mind um, discussion points. Um, But I think that there is so much value in bringing our community together and bringing in people from, like I said before, all parts of the city to come in together and to just get to intermingle and enjoy each other. Um, 
it, it's a huge possibility that is something no one's really talking about, mm -hmm. but I think that can ultimately um, improve the quality of life of our entire community. Yeah, and I think that going into that, the convention center, the convention center was built with a purpose, like you said. Bring, a, bring in outside dollars, bring in outside conventions, and I think that that was one of those things where you almost lost sight of all of those other deals. So what you're talking about is formulating a new space to be able to have, to, to create a new space for those community events to live in, as opposed to, hey, uh, having these community events fit into whatever the convention center that may can not work. That may not work do. because that wasn't the focus. Right. right. It's a square peg in a round hole yeah, or whatever that's that, right. whatever that's that exactly is. That's right. exactly right. Yeah. And so, so to be able to say, okay, well, here's this other opportunity. Let's create a brand new space that, that, that this portion of the that community, the community can live in. That the community can appreciate and enjoy and be proud of. Mm -hmm. And that we can celebrate those that want to volunteer uh, for different organizations and that can create this you know, energy and collaboration within our own community. Mm -hmm. um, well, and, and when you look at some of the larger metropolitan areas, you look at like San Antonio and some of our kind of sister cities in in the state per se. There's 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 a convention center. There's another center. There's a there's you know there's one arena. There's two arenas. Yeah. I mean, going into San Antonio, there was the Alamo Dome, and the Alamo Dome was was too big to to fit the Spurs. It was originally kind of meant for all things. Yeah, but so then that, they that, one, that, that one was its own mess. I don't, right. want, I don't want to get into into, that, into that one per se, but I mean, there, we have we have areas where um, land price is such that we could develop something, a very simple but large space to host these events mm -hmm. that I think the community would get enormous value out of. Mm -hmm. And, and at some level, um, you take such pride in the community events that we get to experience, uh, communally. Mm -hmm. Um, and we ought to celebrate that and we ought to celebrate the successes that we can have internally, um, in our own city mm -hmm. and that have been such a huge part of kind of our, our, our history mm -hmm. that, you know, I don't, I don't want to see disappear. Right. I mean, we haven't had, for instance, a, a Dias Festivos for the last uh, couple of years, mm -hmm. but I don't necessarily want that to disappear completely mm -hmm. because those were such great times. Now we need to have an advisory group and that's all I'm proposing mm -hmm. is put a group together to study the issue, right? to meet with the different stakeholders that were producing those events mm -hmm. to see if they could be replicated if we created a space that could hold them. Right. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not in favor of building something that is, you know, any sort of white elephant. Mm -hmm. uh, the point is to create a space that our community can come together as we always used to do mm -hmm. uh, quarterly, semi-annually, annually, 
um, but that would build such value and such pride across the city um, just within our own community. And um, I, I think there's just enormous value potentially in that. But um, as I said, it's got to fit within the financial structure that we have in front of us. Mm -hmm. And trying to find a way to make it work. You have to make it work. Right. Otherwise, uh, there's no value in it. But mm -hmm. but I do think that we can go out and we can find a way to make sure that it does function economically. Right. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that anybody that's listening to this, you know, they're going to think back to how great a time they used to have at all these different events and getting mm. to see people from you know, the other side of town that they only would see at, you know, the quarterly beef syndicate mm -hmm. uh, or whatever the case may be at, at each of those. And there were, you know, individual uh, family events that, you know, could also happen at this at this city uh, venue. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it is an interesting I think it's an interesting idea. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we just ought to be looking at new things out in our community mm -hmm. and at least envisioning what might be. Explore the idea. Explore the idea. Now, it may not work, right? Mm -hmm. And But let's think about it. Let's kick it around mm -hmm. and make sure that it either works or it doesn't work. But if you don't even have it as a thought process... Then it'll never be. Never be. And we ought to engage the conversation. Right. Because there used to be such great value and such great memories that we all made through these interpersonal connections that we would have at these communal events. Mm -hmm. And um, I think if we all think back to what we have had in the past, uh, we might harken back to those ideas and think, wow, that could be just a really great thing for the future of McAllen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and to build something that isn't, uh, in opposition of, or in competition with, but complementary to what already currently exists. So it's to say, Hey, here, here's a particular venue. Let's just say, here's a particular venue where you could you can't do it in this venue, but you could do it in this venue. Yeah. Uh, and it's not to say like, well, you're going to pin them against each other. Yeah. But this well, is I mean, they're 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 really in, they're incompatible with each other. Right. The convention center priced out all of our charitable organizations. Mm -hmm. Now, it might just be that's just the way it was. Right. And you had to ho hold it open for these outside events because they were going to be bringing money into the community and you wanted to make sure that that was possible. Mm -hmm. uh, and so to some degree they were incompatible. Mm -hmm. um, but, but let's at least look and right. see whether we might be able to make this work. Right. It's worth, it's worth the exploration to see yeah. if it's, if it's. And, and so I'm not, I, I just want to make sure that the message out there is communicated that, uh, I'm as focused on our interpersonal connections mm -hmm. and our quality of life as it is on the business community and the actual um, functioning of 
the city and 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 the economic drivers uh, that pay for it all, um, because ultimately, right? We want to make sure that the economic drivers and the and and the functioning society are there not just to live, but to actually enjoy being a part of this community mm-hmm. and living here and being proud of living here and getting to enjoy our families and the connectivity we have with our friends. Mm-hmm. Thank God we've got great friends. Yeah. And how we can really just appreciate this as an entire community. Right. And I think progress, you know, the ability to progress beyond doing what we're already familiar with, which is kind of something that you said, like at the beginning is, is to create that progress and, and to also kind of create that change because, you know, I've got family that doesn't, uh, that they've moved, they've, they've, they've moved away and, and, uh, it's always nice to hear them when they come in. And the one thing that, that they really enjoy is definitely kind of the camaraderie and the, it's even some of the nostalgia of it all, but what's really impressive to them is, is when they get to see progress. Like, Hey, I didn't, uh, I didn't know that uh, La Plaza mall had that, or I didn't know that this actually existed or wow, this is really interesting. So to make sure that, that there's always something that's fresh and that's new and that's giving something back to the city. That sounds like, that sounds like a good idea, man. I, I, I hope, mean, I, I, I hope it at least, I, I hope it, you know, that actually kind of comes to fruition in the way of exploring the idea, because even if it's to just to kick off the conversation, it could lead into something even better than what you had I mean, originally the, envisioned. The point, the point is to engage a community in the conversation. Right. Right. I mean, I, I shouldn't be the one that's coming up with all the ideas and necessarily setting the, you know, the be all end all. It's mm-hmm. about engaging a community in a communication where in a conversation mm-hmm. where we can participate in it and actually create value and come up with what works. Right. Because there, I mean, we've got enormous uh, mental capacity here and we ought to be able to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and let's activate that. And let's figure it out so that we all can be just proud of the community that we live in. Right. Because you have the ability to create change. Everybody really does if they participate, which is kind of what you, the reason that you got into this race in the first place. Yeah. But you want to, you want to have a government where you are activating the populace to be participatory in the entire process Mm -hmm. so that, you know, those best thoughts can come out of it and we can figure out how to make it all work because, you know, government doesn't always have the right decisions and ideas. It can come from the populace Mm -hmm. and that's where so much of the value can be derived and we need to make sure that that communication is an open door. And again, let, let's just figure it out. But I think that we ought to be, um, we ought to be encouraging mm-hmm. that communication. 
Right. And and somebody's got to get the conversation started. So for so long, it, it, it just hasn't even been a conversation point. And I don't understand why it hasn't even been a conversation point. Mm-hmm. Because, and it needs to be. I mean, if anyone that is listening to this thinks back to how much we all enjoyed all those events mm-hmm. that we would get together about, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, I mean, that's the good stuff. Right. That's the good stuff about living. That's that's the happiness part that we I talked mean, about at the I beginning mean, of the whole. That's the, kind of the whole point is right. Enjoy your lives together, mm-hmm. and for sure we have to be fiscally responsible. But mm-hmm. the point is then to utilize that in a way that we can all be proud of and enjoy where we live and create new life experiences yeah. that may have another and connections not otherwise and personal existed. connections. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, you've had quite a, a lot of success, um, in a lot of the business ventures and things that, that you have, um, or that, that, that you participate in, like what is, what would you say, how much of that, was luck and how much of that was sort of by design? Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's an excellent question. This is going back, you know, pretty deep, right? I mean, when you're asking that and I've been lucky to be in the environment that I've been in and lucky to have had the foundation that I've had, but every single decision that I've made and every single risk that I've taken, right? Because every new business that I've created and I've, I've, I've created, 30, 35 different businesses. Um, The foundation of that is the homework and the due diligence that goes into each one of those. Mm. And the analysis and homework, um, by the time we pull the trigger on any individual project, I mean, we've just beaten it to death. And there's, you know, hundreds and thousands of hours that have gone into those studies. And um, so I feel like, to answer your question, I'm lucky in the opportunities that I've been given, Mm -hmm. but I put everything at risk into every single project that I commit to. Sign personal guarantees on every project. I'm going to make sure that I feel like each one of them ha- is at the optimal level and has the greatest chances of success because I'm putting my individual um, money and, and stake um, at risk. Right. And it will never be that whatever it is that I put myself behind, whether it's my own personal businesses or the cities, uh, none of those decisions will be made without that same level of scrutiny mm-hmm. and same level of homework and due diligence and sleepless nights thinking about is this the right positive, negative, is this the right thing to do to get back to your question? Mm-hmm. And, um, I've been through that process over and over again. Um, I will engage that in every decision. Uh, it's mind numbing mm-hmm. and it's tiring 
uh, and it's exhausting, but it's the right thing to do. And it will always be the same process that I engage in moving forward with every decision that is being made. Mm -hmm. So with all of that, you know, all of those decisions, you were talking about this kind of new idea and going back to the good stuff about life, right? The good stuff about life is connections, people, support, family, friends. I mean, isn't that what you remember really? When you go back through it, when you're cycling through in your mind, what is it that you recall? You recall your your connections with people. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to make sure that in our community, we're setting up as a recipe for success is, mm-hmm. is those opportunities. Those, those opportunities, thank you, and those connections. Um, because without those... The rest of it is just transactional life crap. Crap. <laughs> just vanilla, right? And it's just yeah. it's just something you got to get to. Go to work. Between the time you get up in the morning and you go to sleep at night. But no, let's have these let's have these events where oh my god, that's Yeah, I remember that time. That was a good oh, time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but we're going to make sure that the financial side is taken care of. Um, and I, and I don't want anyone out there in the community to have to worry about the financial side. That's what, that's that's what what the elected leaders are going to be there for. And that's what the professionals that are hired at city hall Mm -hmm. are there for are to make sure that the financial component is taken care of. And, that the people that are living here, you know, don't have to think a thought about that. They're right. just going to go out and enjoy the experience. Right. And and how wonderful would that be? That would be awesome. Yeah. To be able to, to put people in a position for ultimate prosperity, whether that be uh, quality of life or financial and opportunities. Just be, and just to be proud of the community in which they live. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I'm from McAllen, and McAllen kicks ass. Let me tell you what we just had. Mm-hmm. And they don't even have to worry about how it was being paid, paid for because our elected leaders are going to figure it out and make sure that it was all done appropriately. Right. And that nobody had to worry about increased taxes to, to take care of it. Mm-hmm. It was within the realm in which we're all living. Right. Within the scope and alloc- the allocation of funds to make it work. Yeah. And, and we're just going to be open and transparent about it. We're not going to worry about any freedom of information requests because we're just going to be open about it. And we're going to share what the costs are. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be out there. And if anyone has a question, we're just going to answer it. Right. Right. Because you hear so much about you know, the different communities and the hiding and whatever. I mean, I don't want to, I don't, I don't really want to get, that's, it's, it's a negative oh, conversation. R- right. But I mean, um, but they're out but there. It is but important. There. It is important. Um, but the point is to be open and transparent about it. And let's just all recognize whatever it's going to be mm-hmm. and make a decision. It's either worth it 
or it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. And let's be open and honest about it as a community. Mm-hmm. So kind of tr- treating the, to me, it sounds kind of like treating the financials just like you would your personal finances, right? You got to make sure that the before you go out and 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 do these things to enhance your quality of life, like vacations and things like that, you got to make sure that your bills are paid. You got to make sure that you're doing all the right things. You got to make sure that your family's taken care of. You got to make sure that the mortgage and all of the things are in place. And then, hey, if you have extra money and you can afford to do it, Enhance the quality of life. I didn't, I didn't even have to answer it. I mean, you already answered it. Yeah. I think that's tremendous. Yeah. That's exactly right. Just handle it that yeah. way. Uh, maybe I don't need to run. Maybe you no, can. No, no. I would never. I would never. No, you take it. You take it, Jerry Sanchez. You take it. You are a, uh, a, you are a noble, um, you are a noble yeah. person, man. And yeah. I really appreciate uh, I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate you coming in and doing this, man. I, you know, I just really feel like if, if more people kind of knew where you were coming from, you're coming from a very noble place and you're doing things with all the right intentions. And that I think definitely needs to be shared with the community. Um, you well, know, I, I appreciate you saying that. And um, it is true. And I'm, I'm only here for the best interests of the city uh, I'm only here because I in, I've, I'm from here. I intend to be living here. We are raising our family here. And I care so much about the community that we are living in. And I want what's best for us all. And, sure. and that's the entire, that's it. I, I have nothing to gain other than um, being proud from where we are and want to make the best of it for all of us that live here. So let me ask you one final question. One final question. Yeah, before we kind of like wrap it all All up. All right. If you could give life advice to somebody who's, you know, they either they want to get involved in the community, they want to see their business succeed, you are an entrepreneur, you're an entrepreneur, you are many, many things. Good family man. Um, You come from a, a wonderful family. You've got a wonderful family. What sort of life advice would you say if you, for anybody um, who's looking for a little bit of direction? So that that's easy. It's get involved, put yourself out there, uh, commit to those organizations and those causes that you feel personally worthwhile mm. to make your community a better place to live. Um, that's all that I've done. And you got to make sure that your business side is working, whether it's just your nine to five job, or if you're an entrepreneur, that your business is going to have enough time dedicated to it and that you're going to make it succeed. But whatever time it is that you have to give, give it to your community, Uh make the connections with your fellow man, your fellow woman, you're gonna. Um, you, you have your thought about making your community a better place to live, and if you do that, you will be a success in life. Yeah, I agree. I agree, man. I I think that if somebody thinks to themselves, "I've got this really great idea," or really want to be able to, like, why is this change not happening? It's probably because they're not the ones that are being involved. So. 
it's like, well, if not, if not you, then who, if not now, then when, right. And I think you've, You've I asked think you're, some, re- you're ready for the national stage, Jerry uh, Sanchez. No, man. I'm just yeah. saying, like, I, you know, to me, when I look at what you've done, what you've done, and what you're currently doing, I mean, it, it, it's hard. It's hard not to. It's hard not to look at kind of what you're doing and and how you're going about it, and you're you're doing it in such a really great way to where you're you're. You're, you asked yourself those questions. You had to have asked yourself those questions. And and it's not just like you, you thought about it and said, well, I don't know, but it's not me. I mean, you actually said like, you know what? This is the time. This is it. There are going to be trade-offs and there's going to be sacrifices. But at the end of the day, it's worthwhile for our community. And this is the time that I need to make this personal sacrifice to give for the betterment of what I feel is, is my home and my, my community. I, I agree, man. I, yeah. I appreciate you stepping up man, All right, and, baby. and, and, and doing it. All right. So, uh, All right. I appreciate your time, yes, man. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Appreciate it. And cheers. Best of luck, Take man. Care. On the, the Th- campaign trail. Thanks so much for doing this with me. Yeah, man. Thank you.